Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. Well, today I finally was able to find my old cohort who is now willing to participate. Hopefully he'll participate more. Uh, we also have to obviously get an Emily more involved. But for right now, uh, our old engineer uh, is standing by. Hey, uh, that, that, that could be very disconcerting to our current engineer, so I, I, be careful there. I, you know. All right. So people who have never, ever, ever listened to the Ask Brian radio show, it's spelled A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, and every week, because we don't know if you've ever watched the show before, we want to make sure that everybody understands why Ask Brian is spelled with an E, why it's not spelled Y-A-N or I-A-N, because every time that I've ever heard the word Brian, it's B-R. I-A-N or B-R-Y-N, the only time I ever heard of Brian, and of course I'm talking now to Patrick, we're talking about the Irish pub, O'Brien, 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 <laughs> or the law firm, O'Brien, O'Brien, and O'Brien. Anyway. Anyway. Is somebody laughing? <laughs> it's, it's tis I. Hello. It's tis, I. <laughs> tis I, Patrick. Well, you know, by Hello, the, everybody. By, by the way, you have to be on the show next week because it's St. Patty's Day. It actually is St. Patty's Day, oh, literally so must, on the Thursday. So you That's must true. be on the show. Yay! <laughs> I, I can confirm. I'll be here. And with a green beer. Anyway. I, no. <laughs> not, not while I'm working, Jerry's mister. Jerry's not listening. She doesn't know that you're going to have a green beer on <laughs> She's Patty's She's always Day. listening. <laughs> yes, well, let's not go there. That sounds like Big Brother, 1984. I was born listening. in 95, mister. I'm talking about the novel by George Orwell. <laughs> I think it actually sounds like FTC regulations, I'm just saying. So. <laughs> if I had to worry about FTC regulations, I wouldn't be on the air, or FCC. Oh anyway. My. Oh, lordy. Lordy, lordy, lordy. Well, that's lordy, not lordy. E. There's no E in lordy, lordy, That is lordy. true. Okay. That's true. But there is an E in our engineer, Emily. So That's two E's, because engineer and Emily. It's also because she's an electrical engineer. Anyway. Three. And, Three. Well, and, then, and wait, hold on. In the South, we spell it L-O-R-D-I-E. So, Ha-ha. you can't have Lordy with an E. <laughs> but it doesn't begin with an E. No, it does not begin with Fair. an E. And it really technically isn't even spelled L-O-R-D-I-E. I just made that up. Now, hold on. Uh, uh, Tracy, before we get started with the E's, because Patrick hasn't been around for our last two or three episodes, we have to explain to him about Grease Lightning. I, I know what Grease is. Yes. Our show, one of the E's, and ask Brian is from the... It's electrified! It's electrified! From Greece! <laughs> you didn't know that! So, so we're giving you the one E. We're electrifying! Testifying! <laughs> Amazifying! Oh, oh this Lord. is the Ash Brian radio show. Uh, Boy, you have, how many Starbucks have you had? Yes, yeah, zero. Zero. I drink, I drink Celsius. Anyway, and <laughs> another Lord. energy drink. <laughs> anyway, so apparently electrifying is, is a new one, so there's that. Uh, we got Emily and Engineer, so boom, we got that. Other ones, uh, oh, one of the words we have is experts, because 
everybody on the Ask Brian show happens to be uh, an expert in their field. What are you an expert in? Engineering and board operating. And what? Board operating. Well, like a surfboard? No, like what, what uh, Emily does. <laughs> yeah, what I do. Hey, what is that? <laughs> Runs the board. Run the show. Yup. I right. think that's the engineering aspect of it. Just that, that's fair. Yeah, that's I true. guess. Outside of that, there is uh, experience because everybody that every guest that's on the Aspirin show has experience in their field. Okay, but that's you know you're, you're about like four or five years. Ten thousand hours, I believe, is the. Ten, and why do we come up with 10,000 hours? Because 10,000 hours would probably make you an expert just based on that. Like quality. 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year. Okay, you're, you're giving me more math. I got 10,000. Times five years. Five years experience. I got 10,000, man. <laughs> I, I know it was right. No days off. I thought you were an engineer. Don't engineers need to know math? I have a calculator and a smartphone for a reason. Because <laughs> you can't tell time. Got it. <laughs> no, I know how to count time. Anyways, uh, <laughs> there was... Uh, well, one of them, Tracy, I, I know that uh, he kind of lacks this one with me in particular. There's a empathy, right? Yes, he does. That he word doesn't like that word doesn't that is exist. Correct. It does that not exist. Yes, does. exist. It's a somebody made it up because they were feeling bad one day. I got it. Oh my. Uh, well, it's going to be hard to get um, well enthusiastic and excited about that one, but enthusiasm and excitement. Woo woo woo. Oh, well, you got that mic to work, Patty. That's good. <laughs> I tried to turn it down as much as I could. Yeah, no, we got it to work all right. <laughs> it's, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. <laughs> so is the show. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah, you said it. You said it. Oh my goodness! Am I am I forgetting? Am I forgetting any anymore? There's empathy. There is. Well, the most important one is education because oh, we're trying to that educate new, people. It's a newer one. It's a newer one. What education. do you mean newer one? It's at least five it's, months. It's old. Little, not five months. You're, we're talking like month and a half. Oh tops. please, maybe two months. You've been off the show for two months. Maybe you fair fair <laughs> starts with an F, but fair fair does not start with an F. Maybe that's because you're lacking education. Fair does start with an F. F uh, but it doesn't begin with an E. <laughs> oh, I said fair starts with an F, but oh yes. This is an E show. Yes. Hold on. Hold on. And here's a new one. Entertaining. <laughs> we are entertaining. Well, are we though? <laughs> we, to we can only aspire for that bar. Yeah. Let's hope we are. I don't know. Run it out. Well. Well, well, what? <laughs> what? 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 That, aren't we caught up with the E's? And the new one? We have eclectic. What is that? Word. What does that mean, actually? Um, I'm All on. right. I'm Go for it. I'm on Google right now. <laughs> <laughs> the word of the day. <laughs> there are others, but unfortunately, and while I would love to continue without any further ado, a D I E U. And why do I like that word? Because every <laughs> single letter minus the D is a vowel. And and what? And what? And that's our key to let's begin. Oh. <laughs> Finally. Lordy. Bye y'all. Lordy. Lordy. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And we'll expect to see you here for Pat St. Patty's Day. You know I will. Because that's you, right? You're Patty and it's Saint. So you must be a saint. This is me. All right. Well, 
Thank you very much. We have a great guest today, and uh, her name is Rashi. Is she still here? She's probably not. She probably ran out. <laughs> I'm right here now. I'm right here. I was enjoying all the jokes. <laughs> no, I didn't hear anybody running away. So, a couple questions we have. You currently have a brand new business, uh, so I first want to go a little bit about what your current business is, and then I want to go your background and then how you got there. So. What is the name of your current business that you have? Yeah, it's called Shumya. It's, it's spelled as S-H-O-O-N-Y-A, and it's Shumya Kids. It's an educational app for kids to learn languages and cultures. It's a game-based. Think uh, Disney meets Duolingo. Okay. When you say kids, is it any age, or we're talking three, five, seven, ten? What, what age? Yeah, children under the age of ten. Children under the age of ten. And you're basically trying to teach them a new language? That's right. We have multiple languages on our platform. We have English, Spanish, and three Indian languages. You can use the platform to learn English or Spanish or Hindi or Marathi, all of the languages at the same price point. You don't have to pay extra price. You Just with a single download, you can... Play with fun activities and get children learning um, bite-sized activities around these languages. So what we focused on, Brian, is the first 500 words that any child needs to learn in order to speak a language. And we break those 500 words into bite-sized learning activities. So is Brian one of those words? <laughs> we should make it one of those words, right? We should have an, we, we we should have ask Brian as one of the activities in our uh, app. I I definitely think so, and we could have Patrick be the uh, <laughs> do the banter. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to ask now some tough questions. How is it? Why can't I just go to Rosetta Stone? And what's the difference? That's a, actually a really good question. Most of the apps for language learning, like Rosetta Stone, do really well for middle school children and adults because the way they are structured is they teach you one sentence and then they ask you to translate it into another sentence. So, for example, if you were learning Mandarin, they would teach you how to say the sentence, this is a class or this is a book, in the language. But that's not how children learn. You know, the best age to learn a second language is before the age of 10. I mean, most of those people that are bilingual or trilingual will tell you that they were exposed to multiple languages when they were kids because that's the best age that your brain can absorb multiple languages at the same time. If you expose children to multiple languages at that time, at that time it allows for higher cognitive abilities among kids. Uh, and they become compound bilinguals, which means that they can think in two different languages. They can think at the simultaneously in two different languages or three different languages. So that's the best age to learn a, a language. And Rosetta Stone and the you know Babel, they're not structured for kids. They're structured for adults. So I, I want to continue on this part, but I, I just want to quickly go over your background. So when did you start this company? We started it in 2019. And prior to that, what, what were you doing? Yeah, I come from the world of media. I've lived in media for like more than 20 years. I, I have an MFA in filmmaking, and I, I'm in Santa Barbara. I live in Santa Barbara. I've made two short films that have premiered at the Santa Barbara Film Festival. 
So my background is media, and I'm really inspired by education. So I served on the board of Montessori for six years, and I like that, there, there was an aha moment out of my own personal life. I saw how education is treated at Montessori. It's very sensorial. So that was a big inspiration for me, and I wanted my kids. Uh, I'm from India. So I wanted my kids to connect with their grandparents living in India in their own native tongue. And so I was looking for resources and all of the great resource game-based learning apps were really good in English, but there wasn't much content for my language, which is Hindi. And then I started speaking to other parents. Everybody literally wanted the same thing. And then we started thinking about it and thought, why can't there be just one platform that meets the needs of all parents in all languages. Why do we have to go in and download 20 different apps for 20 different languages? So what we are doing is consolidating the market into a single experience by creating a game-based learning platform for languages and cultures. Uh, Did you start this company alone or did you have other founders? Yes, the co-founder is Ashutosh Chitnis, who is also my husband, but he's moonlighting with us. It actually took off when Andrew Duncan, um, he's seen an exit, he was one of the founding members of GoToMeeting, which was acquired by Citrix here in Santa Barbara, joined the company, and he's the director of engineering, and he and I, we, we were in a garage in 2019, that's when we got this first pre-seed round, we raised some money, and then kind of, that's when it took off. The next question I have, all, listeners always want to know, how did you get your first customer? It was word of mouth. You know, it was earlier because the first release was really in Hindi. And it was really my friends, my family, and the word started getting uh, out. And then when we consolidated and launched last year in five languages, that's when we needed to do some level of marketing, Facebook ads, Google ads. But now it's really partnerships. We partner with a lot of micro-influencers, and that's where the traffic is coming in from. Is your model a subscription model, or uh, is it a one-time fee, or how do you earn revenue? Yes, great question. It is a subscription-based model. So it's $5.99 for a monthly subscription or $57 for a yearly subscription. Now, do most of the people just try to learn one language, or do you think they're learning more than one language when they come to yours? Yes. Most of the people want two languages. They Always it's two languages depending on your background. Like for me, Hindi is important, so my kids were drawn towards Hindi and English. But then I have a customer who is drawn towards Spanish and English. So it's it really based on your family background. Usually it's two languages. Very few people try to do three languages, um, but that's parents. Actually, kids are very curious about the different languages, and we don't block it. We don't block the experience into going into different languages. So kids are very curious about knowing what, let's say, you know, a dog is called in the different languages, or clothing, what the clothing items are called in different languages, and they often explore. But then... For the rewards, they'll come back to the, their their main language, which which is usually one or two. And my understanding is you're gamifying it. Is that correct? Uh, yes. And explain yes. it. Explain yes. it. To it's people. really gamifying language learning. Yes, absolutely. 
So I, I know that's a visual concept, and it's hard to talk about a visual concept, but can you try to give our listeners some concept of how, how that would work? Yes, absolutely. So for the listeners that are listening there, think Disney characters. So we have lots, you know, we have close to 5,000 characters that are in our world. There is design, there is animation. So what they are doing is they're looking at these cartoons and they're playing with these cartoons and it's a game. They have to finish an activity to get a reward. And those activities are based around learning of the first 500 words. And those first 500 words are usually farm animals, jungle animals, alphabets, numbers, shapes, colors, you know. So that's the world, the world language readiness standard kind of breaks down, creates a roadmap of these first 500 words. So that's what, what the child is learning through game-based activities with fun cartoon characters. Now, are the rewards just points or are they actually... Uh, go for something like a gift or, or yeah yeah there are a lot of avatars in our um, app and those avatars are from all over the world and that's another aspect that makes us unique because we have these characters that are from all over the world so you'll have these girls that can be dressed from clothing from US and from India and children love it they love buying accessories for their avatars and dressing them up. So that's the reward center. We call it the reward center or a treasure box. And it's a lot of fun for kids. Do you have any idea? I know it's so new, but do you have any idea? Do you think that, you know, obviously you've got a limitation here. You've got kids, right? So if you start at five years old, that's something. But if you're starting at seven or eight years old, you know, and it's geared towards people under 10, you know, at a certain point in time, the life expectancy of any person that's on your on your site is going to expire right uh, if you've got a kid that's, that's right. 11 or 12 or or maybe they're taking spanish in class now they don't need to take this anymore um or they've learned the language enough that they've got their 500 words out that's what they want or they're 10 years old and don't want to learn about how to say a bear in spanish they want to know other words so do you have a, a an expectation of what you think the life expectancy for a client will be or a customer Yes, yes, absolutely. This is a starting phase for us. So right now we just have the first 500 words, but this is the first phase of the company. In the second and the third phase of the company, we expect to bring quite a bit of storybooks in there and um, children talking to each other, children reading out these stories, which would actually increase the lifetime value. But currently we expect the lifetime value of the customers to be around three years. And five years if you're a family and you have children too that are using the same app so a family with five years is a still a pretty big market to go after. Okay. I have a question for you. You know, you, you highlighted before, but you highlighted your business model as a subscription model, which is clearly a, a really great way to monetize your product. My curiosity was in what are other ways that you're planning on expanding your business model? Yeah, I, I think, he, you know, you had a, a question around schools. We would love to get in front of schools. We just don't know how, and we're still a small team, so we don't have a salesperson on our team. But we would love to partner with anybody or any organization that has kids and can use the product for kids because it's meant for that. We are selling directly to consumers, which is customers' parents, 
but the idea would be to expand into schools and districts and into corporations that can use our product. And one of the things that you were saying that you've had a challenge maybe either cracking the code on how to get into the school systems. What do you feel like the challenges are in that area? Is it the is it political side of just like the red tape or is it just because every school district is different? What are some of the barriers that you have experienced when trying to navigate getting into the school systems? That's where we left off. Yes. I, you know, we've sold to the parents, parents love us. We have more than 60,000 downloads. But when we try to get in front of schools, we don't even know where to start off. We are a startup here in Santa Barbara, and we don't have a salesperson on our team. So when we approach schools, we've asked schools like, hey, you know, you uh, kids, parents are loving us. We have educators who are proving us. Would you want to try it in your classroom and see if kids would enjoy it? And we are usually told by schools, well, You'll have to go through the district level because the iPads are controlled by the districts. And we would love to get some level of guidance how to get in front of districts or just like the decision makers to understand, you know, to bring awareness about our product in front of them. Well, maybe someone listening to the show will be able to provide you some guidance in that area. I'm also curious, too, it seems like working with speech-language pathologists could be an interesting place for expansion, too, because they're always working with kids in the speech development process, so maybe that's another area that you could check into. But you were talking about your team, and, um, of course, one of the biggest challenges for Startups is always, you know, when to build out a team and how to build it out. So tell me about your current team and then tell me about where your areas for expansion and growing your team include. Yes, we have been blessed in terms of the team. I know that's that's the biggest struggle everybody is facing these days. You know, the shortage of talent is a big talent, is, is a big problem, but we haven't faced that. I don't know. Uh, whether it's because of the culture, we love each other and we laugh a lot. So uh, on the team side, we have four full-time people. It's me, it's Andrew. Andrew is uh, the head of engineering. And I just kind of gave uh, his background. He's one of the founding members of GoToMeeting, which was acquired by Secrets. He's been a UCSB professor. So he loves to code and, you know, he we call him a rock star. So he's on engineering. And then he works close with the other engineers that are more of a consultant. Then on product, we have an educator, Mary. Uh, Mary was in the New York School District, and she's been an educator. She also has a UX degree, so she's always teaching to, talking to linguists, teachers, um, parents, and so she heads product. Then we have a team of marketing people that are more of consultants. Then on design and animation, I have Phoebe, and Phoebe has been a designer, uh, and she's just super talented. So, yeah, that's our core team, and we are all, uh, other than Mary, we're all here in Santa Barbara. And then we have quite a bit of consultants for sound design, for marketing, for animation, and all that good stuff. And where do you see the expansion coming? That, I mean, that sounds like an, an already an amazing team. So where do you see an, uh, that you would need to expand your team and what types of positions would you be adding? 
Yes, one of the main thing would be we have a lot of demand for Android, and uh, last year we heavily tested on Android, and we were working on a technology. We we going cross platform, so we we love the technology that uh, the Android was coded in, but we haven't brought a full time Android person on on the team. So that would be one aspect for expansion. And the other would be marketing, bringing full-time marketing people on and just kind of expanding the design team, the product team, and the marketing team. And then how are, you know, tell us a little bit about how you've marketed the product. You said you had 60,000 downloads so far. How, how long did it take to get those downloads and what marketing strategy strategy did you use to get there? That's a, that's a really impressive number of downloads. Yes, it is. And I, I think it is because we are really focused on a beachhead in the market. We know that there is great content for English and Spanish. We, we know it. We see the market. But we also know that there is an underserved market of Asians. And uh, for Asians, most of the content is pretty dated, and it's on YouTube. That doesn't work for the American-born kids here. So we have been very much focused in our marketing efforts to reach out to them and bring awareness. And we've been uh, A-B testing our messages and messaging quite heavily. It took us a while. We, we, we didn't get there immediately, and it brought us, we had to really, uh, we, had, we were very data-driven. So every time we would put a campaign out, we would go back and look at our conversions and metrics and figure out, oh, did this work? Did this not work? How can we make it better? And it, all of this marketing effort was done by the product team. We didn't have a full-time marketing person on board. We still don't have a full-time marketing person on board. It was really like, is our product resonating? What can we learn from them? But the main growth, especially in this quarter, is coming from us getting in front of influencers, micro-influencers. Like uh, this quarter, we brought a BBC reporter who has become a resident blogger for us. And she just was our user. She downloaded our product because she was wa- she wanted something for her daughter to learn Hindi, and um, she loved it, and we got into a Zoom conversation, and we asked her if she would blog for us. So that led to traffic because we got a strong voice to speak about the mission of the company. Then there, were micro- there are micro-influencers like podcast producers, book authors. We just got in front of them and told them, they're like, oh, yeah, we want this. We were looking for something like this. And that's how... It's having a bit of a snowball effect. That's so amazing. I think the influencer market is so strong, and there's been a recent, a large explosion recently of podcasts targeted towards children, so there probably is a lot of synergy for you to expand that message even more through the podcast targeted for children. Uh, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to delve into that at all, because you mentioned Not podcast producers. Thank you for letting me know. I'm going to definitely look into that. And in terms of of your journey story, so what was the, you know, what was the moment where you really realized the void in the marketplace for this, and what was the one thing that made you want to fill that void and, and really begin to take action? You know, there were two moments. One of them was uh, my own personal journey of, not knowing my grandparents' language. In India, you know, you have a lot of different languages you speak to. I didn't speak my grandparents' language. And 
uh, I got into media. I was a uh, TV. Uh, I was a journalist uh, in India, and then I came here to do my masters in filmmaking. But I didn't speak the regional language of the place I was growing in in Kashmir, and that always used to bother me. But when I got into media in Delhi and became a journalist, I realized like. My Hindi wasn't also that great, and I didn't care at that time. You know, I was like, okay, never mind. My English is perfect. And till I came to U.S. and I figured, oh wow, my English is it has an accent according to the people. So it was like one of those things. I thought like language is something that really connects you with the culture. So I wanted my kids to have that. And then I, when I uh, my I don't speak my husband's uh, native tongue. They come from India, from Mumbai. So that was my personal journey, uh, and things that you don't have as a parent, you always want to give your children. And I wanted my children to have the benefit of their grandparents' language. And then the other aha moment was when I, my kids went to Montessori. I'm a big fan of how Montessori approaches education and how it creates a sensorial experience. And I felt well if that kind of education was just brought on a di- digital device, it would stimulate the imagination of children and get them, you know, get them to learn. So it was a culmination of my love for Montessori, my understanding of media uh, that I thought, and my desire of wanting my kids to learn the language that I felt like we can connect them through edutainment and ed tech platform, and which is exactly what Shunya is. It meets between education, technology, and entertainment. Does that word have a meaning? Edutainment no, actually no, is quite... It does in the podcasting world, I can tell you that, but you better have an entertainment-oriented <laughs> podcast if you want to be successful. <laughs> And we do, by the way, have a very edutaining podcast, Ask Brian. I was just going to say that. I think this is a very edutainment podcast. <laughs> That's right. Education <laughs> and entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> so I was going to ask, do you see expansion at all ever getting past just the children crowd? Or do you think you're going to stick with under 10s? I think it's going to expand. It's very funny that you asked that. I just we just had a review come in from Germany, where an adult says I I was trying to learn Hindi, uh, and I came across this app and I downloaded it and it really works wonders for me. So I think when you're learning a foreign language and you're learning, you know, it's much easier taught to you if it's cartoony, if it's cute animation. So it, I can tell you from a data point that it's working for some adults, but we don't beta test with adults. We beta test with kids. And I asked you off air, and I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but this is exclusively an online product service. So do you envision at some point in the future, I'm not talking about now or building it out in the next five years, but at some point, do you ever envision this ever going offline? I think it would be fun to have um, books and activities, some aspect of what we're doing in a physical format as well. And maybe there might be a partnership that we can do with somebody 
um, a subscription box um, out there that could use a lot of the work that we're doing. So yes, I, I do think that there might be some synergy there in the future. What is your biggest challenge when you started this company? Oh, there were so many of them, but <laughs> I think just getting the product out in the market, first making the product, I came from filmmaking, so I didn't even know what, how to start off an ed tech company, and then technology is hard, it takes time, and getting funding, the first pre-seed round, I didn't even know how to, I never raised money, so just learning about fundraising, putting yourself out there, all of it, I think, was quite challenging. But we're in a good spot today. Do you think that any of your past, you know, being in the film world, helped you uh, with this business? Absolutely. I think that creates the stickiness to our product because our content is so fun and engaging and because of all of that filmmaking experience. If I just came from the educational world, maybe my product would be, I wouldn't say boring, but could be more, you know, might not be as entertaining for children. So I think all of that adds um, magic to the characters that we create, and children love it, and then they come back for more. Well, unfortunately, we've come to an end. I appreciate you. Uh, I want to have you back in the future to see how the company has grown. So we'll have you back on. Thank you very much, Rashi. Ask Brian, KHTS twelve twenty and ninety eight point one. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much for having me here. Loved talking to you guys. You're a wonderful guest. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM twelve twenty and FM ninety eight point one, or via Facebook Live or anytime, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit AskBrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions, and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's AskBrien.com.